Okay, you ready? Ready? Yeah. Stop on the open road. Now was not the time to flop. The buzz is formulating, Jimmy. Now's the time to drop. Is everything around you? The finest flow will amaze. You can't honor what I'm on, and bitch, nigga, get gone. Air gas. Because it's just ooh, ooh, it's just too good. Yo, what is up, everybody? You are listening to the Where's My 40 Acres podcast, and this is Eargasm Review. No Where's My 40 Acres regular episode this week. This week, we're going to be reviewing some albums, one from last year, one from this year. So the first one we're going to do is J.I.D.'s DiCaprio 2, which I'm not even sure that's an album. That's just a mixtape or free lease. Do we still call them free leases? It's a mixed album, like an album, but it's, I mean, it's hosted by DJ Drama. It's definitely set up like a mixtape, but it is actually an album. For me, it just feels like a mixtape and it sounds like a mixtape. So I like never was the Never Story or whatever. That, that's an album, but I don't feel like this is an album. I feel like it's a straight up mixtape. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I'm just saying, I think it is commercially, it is technically an album, but it definitely feels like a mixtape. And schools out. Like the features for sure give it the album feel, but also it has the look, y'all. I made some friends since last time and they all decided to be on my shit. This has nothing to do with the fact that I'm on Dreamville and under J. Cole and probably his most prominent artist right now. None of that has anything to do with this. These are just my friends. Was there a DiCaprio one? Because if there is, I never listened to it. It's his first mixtape. It's his first mixtape. Yeah, it was, it was DiCaprio. I do remember reading about it. I never, I mean, I didn't hear about GID until uh, the Never album. Okay, that's when I first. That's when I first heard about him, and even that came out like you know it was, it was out, and then you know you kind of heard people talking about it. It looks like DiCaprio came out in 2015, in January of 2015, and I think it had eight tracks: Latroy, La Stud Muffin, La Hula Gangs. La Interlude Part One, La Hornies, La Flu Game, La Tumba Part oh, One, La Hood Book. Is this the right album? I mean, it's got a picture of DiCaprio. It's got GID. Did he really put love in front of everything, though? Yeah, man. I think he. Uh, I think this is the one that got him put on Dreamville, though. This might have been the one that that got him started. But I, I don't know the timeline when it comes to GID because you know he was doing this. He did some. Um, him and Earth Grain got together, did some spillage. Uh, some Spillage Village type shit, you know what I mean? So he was dropping a lot of stuff. I think Spillage Village came after he did uh, Never. Spillage Village, it, I feel like it was the same year, and I, for some reason I think it came out beforehand, but I heard it after I heard Never Story. Because I, I just thought Spillage Village was a funny-ass name, and then I realized he was on it. But I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we could just simply Google this shit. Yeah, Spillage Village isn't even on his SoundCloud page, which he keeps up to date. So he's got DiCaprio, he's got Never Story, and he's got DiCaprio 2 up here, and he's got something else from 2013 called Para 2, which is a compilation. JD's been doing this for a while. But yeah, I mean, this is my first time ever going to this man's SoundCloud page. So, but he yeah. has Village Spillage Village records in the information part. Yeah, Spillage Village is back in 2014 because they come out with like they got like three uh, LPs yeah, I see out, now. EPs out. Spillage Village, Spillville Radio, whatever. Yeah, yeah, at that Bears like this. I just remember hearing the Bears like this and Bears like this too. I remember seeing that because like last time a while back when I hooked up with Mike, he said, "Yo, you heard of Spillage Village?" And I looked at it and I was like. There's like killer teddy bears on this yeah. cover. That's kind of funny. <laughs> so and I listened to it and I was like, oh, that's JID and Earth Gang. I remember I remember saying that because I listened to him before that. So yeah, he he's been grinding on the scene. And then I think Never Story was, you know, the debut that kind of catapulted him to where he is now. Yeah. The Village Village album came out December 2016. Bears like this too much is like the full album. record. So, um, information, so we're just kind of talking about J.I.D. like everybody knows who he is. And honestly, you should, but there are people who still don't. J.I.D.'s name is uh, Destin Choice Route, born in 1990, man's 28 years old, part of the musical collective Spillage Village, uh, did tracks for like Six Black, of course, which I still say Six Black. Six and, Black. And I call him Slack. 
I call them six black. And Earth Gang is it says uh Collective Spillage Village was founded by Earth Gang in twenty ten. So this goes way back. Yeah, he signed to Dreamville where he did a project called Route of Evil in twenty twelve, Parrot Two in twenty thirteen. He released the Never Story in twenty seventeen. And this year he followed that up with this DiCaprio two release in November. To of course positive critical reviews. As far as background story goes, it's it's not a lot on JID. I think we had concluded at one point that he him talking about being kicked out of school for football that was actually out of HU. Howard University. I mean yeah. Hampton University. Hampton, yeah. Interesting. They all they all met there and they started doing music there. That's that's uh and that's J I D and Earth Gang. They met. It says he, he played uh he was a defensive back. And yep. I'm just looking at I'm looking at J I D's size. He must hit really hard. <laughs> big enough to be a, like a safety. Yeah, he's he's just not a he's not a big fella. Certainly ain't. But he packs a hard punch lyrically and probably on the field. JID definitely also has the best uh, double XL freshman freestyle of all time. I don't know about that because Danny Brown still exists in this world, but I would I would probably say it's up there. His freestyle for that was half of Westbrook and then half of some shit that to date has not yet been released. That shit is fucking fire. He destroyed Ski Mask, the slump god. He shouldn't have been on there with them in the first fucking place. Like, I mean, I'm not. He, he should have been on the Kendrick cover. That's where he should have been. But right. he came late in the game and he got put up there with slump god and colored hair nigga number two and colored hair nigga number three. And them boys ain't really spitting. So, E Mask is better than the rest of them, but he ain't no damn JID. Right. So let's like get this out of the way. JID is probably what the new best lyricist out here. Absolutely. And that's in comparison to not, and that's in comparison to people who still haven't established themselves as a pure pop force in the hip hop world. Like he's still on his rise. He definitely isn't on the level of like Crit or Cole or Kendrick. Or any of them, but lyrically, he's a fucking monster. And I don't think that you should ever under- underestimate what this kid is capable of doing when he gets on a track with anybody. And he already told Tory Lanez if he wanted, he can get it. And Tory Lanez don't want it. He don't want it with none of these niggas that he claimed he wanted it with. Right. <laughs> he don't really. He just like, went for the. He went for niggas that he knew. He won't go do nothing with. Like I said, Ari Lennox could beat him in a freestyle, and she don't rap. I mean, like, come on, like he was doing this because he was getting attention, and then he still didn't get the attention he was going. He thought he was going to get from that because everybody was like, "Dude, like, JID got guest spots that is better than your whole catalog." Seriously though, his album is trash. That's just my opinion. Tory Lane's album is trash. He's like one good song on that shit. And the rest of it is complete identity crisis. He has no idea who he is or what he wants to be or what his sound is supposed to cater to. So he just does everything. Kind of like what he's doing right now on Twitter. A little bit of everything. And nothing at all. But there will never be a Tory Lanez interview for the stuff he's put out so far. See, I ain't got to worry about us dragging you through however many minutes or tracks of that. <laughs> Not doing it. <laughs> Not doing it, man. JID came back and he he did this DiCaprio 2 project. And as I had said in the beginning, because we spent a lot of time talking about artists before we actually get into these tracks. So I'm trying to cut some of that out. So I'm going to drop some of these words. I think context is important, though. It is. I just think we do it a lot longer than most people do. We give a lot of context. He, uh, I feel like DiCaprio 2 is, is, to me, it feels, it's very mixtape feeling. And it was hard for me to get into it off of the never story because the never story flows through so well. And at points at times in DiCaprio two, it doesn't necessarily, the track doesn't necessarily bang the way I would have wanted it to. And then he'll follow it up with a track that absolutely knocks it out the park. So I don't love every track on this project, which hurts because I love every track on the never story. But when I look at it as a mixtape, it doesn't hurt that much. It just looks like he's getting himself ready for whatever this next, this sophomore album is going to be. I mean, isn't this the sophomore album? It's like They're counting it as a studio right? album. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. saying it's a studio album. 
I mean, and I think, I mean, I think that that mixtape feel is deliberate. You know, going back to just the the it's DiCaprio too. You know, the which was the name of his mixtape. So, I think that's what he was going for, more than it being like something that just kind of happened. Wait, what do you mean? Just said the sound of a mixtape. Like he was going for that. Oh, okay. Like not not just it happening to be like, oh, it sounds like a mixtape. I think he was going for that. Hence the name DiCaprio too, you know. Mixtape that's been out for a long time. Like yeah. mixtape three years ago or something. I would like to ask him why. It just because the mixtape, the mixtape sound isn't new to hip hop at all. No, not at all. So why would you want your album to sound like a mixtape? I mean, I, I have no clue. That's what I'm saying. I would like. I would just. I would just ask him. What yeah. What was the significance? Because I mean, a yeah. lot of this album really is about where he grinded from to where he is now, and he's definitely still in test me mode. He enjoys a good scrap, and I don't have a problem with that. But he he's he's absolutely in like proving himself stage with this project. So the shit he talks, everything is a challenge. Which is what's so good about his energy. That is, he keeps the same energy throughout the whole album. Doesn't matter what the actual production sounds like or the ambiance he creates with it. It's still the same energy. He definitely doesn't do a lot of singing on this, which he did on at least three tracks on the Never Story. I thought I he was going to do more of that. I think that's part of the mixtape aesthetic too. It's just like, I just got all these bars that need to get out somewhere so you can get all of them at once. Maybe. I thought you know I re- I just I thought I remember him singing saying that he wanted to sing more. And then you get DiCaprio too and he's not singing more. In that case, I don't know. I thought him and like Ari Lennox was gonna do a joint project. That's the way he was making it sound. He wanted to sing. I mean he still sings better than anything J. Cole's ever done. <sighs> I had to bring it up, man. I mean but- it was going. It was going to come up. Y'all knew. J Cole does sound like a, a dryer on tumble, so <laughs> it's fine. Them clothes oh. ain't going nowhere. Why you do that, man? Like that, Brandon? I didn't do him like nothing. That nigga rich. He fine. <laughs> ain't no wrong with him. Rich, but can't get a damn uh, dress done. Bruh. you see that twenty one savage Bruh. video? No, 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 dog. No. Look at just look at look at head looking fucking messy. He got a, a tux on. I'm like nigga. The whole video is just extravagant black people living happy ass lives. It's like the Juneteenth episode of Atlanta, but it like <laughs> where it's not like a fucked up random white dude in the background. Um it's like this big ass house, everybody's having fun, eating dinner, like living it up in this big ass mansion somewhere out in rural Atlanta. Um and then, you know, everybody's sharp, got the lineups, got the cuts and everything. 21's dreads are twisted up. And then Cole comes through looking like he really was just squeegee in car windshields like 20 minutes before he came into the video set. He's got this but thing in- about looking poor, but being rich and that being his selling point. He's He considers that to be down to earth when really it's just down and earthy. That... The uh the little skit on GID shit <laughs> with that dude talking about J. Cole. Bruh. It's hilarious. He said, Come on, bro, bro. Like, you gotta let <laughs> man, you gotta tell J <laughs> you gotta tell J. Cole to start uh flashing some of this Dreamville money, man. <laughs> Get ten minutes, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wild. It's a lot going on with the project though, so let's let's jump into that. Because we have how many tracks here? What are we working with? We're working with 14 tracks. Well, it's I got 50 minutes and 9 seconds. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And uh, 14 tracks. Starts off with Frequency Change, which does something that I love to hear a fire MC do. Go ahead and switch that beat up in the middle of a flow. Like, I was going to finish this bar, but you know what? I got something else on my mind. So let's switch the tempo and let's do it this way. There's a literal frequency change. Yes. Wait, was, frequency change or slick talk? Because slick talk, he's in the change. middle of rapping and then they just change the beat up. Entirely. Oh, see, look, here's the thing. Frequency change goes right into slick talk as if it's one song. See, that's why. That's why I, could, I thought it was just the whole first track. There you go. That okay. makes sense. 
Yeah, frequency change is him going through all the channels and, and fast forward. Why is everybody talking so fucking fast on this TV? I'm not a big fan of the 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 TV flipping or radio station changing intro. Because it's been used. I feel like it's been done a lot. You mean like the mixtape sound? <laughs> <laughs> I'm see? just saying. You see where I'm coming from? I mean, I I I I do, but <laughs> this is where I'm coming from. Like, I think GID is fucking amazing, but I am 34. Got to question that. <laughs> Got to. Qu- I'm getting to that age where I'm starting to remember how old I am. Got to question it. And I've heard the mixtape flipping through channels intro so fucking much that I was Man. like, uh, we're going back. We, we've gone full circle. Uh, how did we get back here so fast? So, what do you want instead? Anything, anything else? Anything. <laughs> I'll take any. I'll take anything else for five, Alex. I take him being like, "Hey, man, this is my the intro." Packaging off your CD. I don't want one of those either. I do not want one of those Jay Z intros where it sounds like the world has ended, but he's triumphant, standing on top oh, of the globe oh, in space. Oh my God, Jay Z did it on every album. I don't want that shit. <laughs> But y'all thought this was over. I'm back. It's over to God. I don't want that shit, bro. Please don't. The tone. Please don't. Oh, that was every album. I don't want that shit. All right, yeah. Uh, Frequency change is produced by Christo. It is a commercial album. Yeah, he did. His hands is deep. Which he worked on Slick Talk, which is the fault the track that it leads into, but Kenny Beats is on that shit. And it's it's nice to see Kenny Beats still out here, you know, Kenny and some beats. Yeah, Slick Talk is uh straight fire. That is hmm. Yes. That's mm. a way to set a tone right there. Cause that first beat he raps over is fucking bananas and then it slows down and it's still crazy. Yeah. Slick Talk is very good switch up, um, very good energy. Very good challenge mode. Not a nigga to be tested. He's definitely on it. He is a new nigga and not the same nigga. And at the same time, not where he wants to be nigga. The next track is Westbrook, which you don't need Ferg to rap. You can just get him to do your hook. And that shit is absolutely worth the feature. It really was. Like, he fit on it so well. That Ferg energy is infectious, man. It's perfect. I love the hook, period. I just love the way it is, and I think that nobody else could have done it as well as Ferg did it. And I like the yeah, way the, it kind of opens up like a Kendrick track. How do you mean? The uh, distorted voice, slowed down, deepened, kind of screwed. It, it reminds me of listening to Kendrick Lamar talking over a song, which okay, he does extremely you. often. And then the beat just kind of changes. Like, it comes in with the kind of just like Dean Dong shit, and then it just drops and it kind of becomes explosive and then Fergus Ferg Fergs it. He Fergs all over it. <laughs> I makes me want to I want another Ferg album. You know how many there are that you probably haven't heard? I know. I need to go back, but I don't want to listen to Old Ferg. Like Why? Ferg. Old Ferg is fire. What are you talking about? Old Ferg is energy. I done came up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Ferg is energy. Off these has coal on it. I'm not mad at it. But it absolutely feels like a cold JID track. It it feels dated. It there's something <laughs> off, and it's not like this is not even me just because I love Clown of J. Cole. It just I don't know, man. It feels like one of the tracks where the both of them get on, like, yeah, we both gonna get on this and we gonna just spit. And it just didn't work out like that. Like something with the beats didn't feel right, just Really? I, I don't know. I, I feel like I was looking for more, and I listened to, it and I was like, mm, "Okay." I think I played it for Mary Helen, and she was like, "Yo, he is really, really versatile. He changes flow like four times." I was like, "She was like, I get why you like this guy now." I was like, "Yeah, this motherfucker is nice." He, they could have did a beat flip at some point in it to make it a bit better. I don't have a problem with the track itself. I was just saying that if you were gonna have J Cole on a track, I feel like this is the one he chose. J.I.D. played all these other beats for him. And J. Cole was like, no, I want the one where you're repeating every word twice in the hook. And it's really fast. And it sounds like we're racing. 
but we're not racing in fast cars. We're more like racing on those scooters that you can rent for 15 minutes through the city. That's what I want. Cause that's what J Cole would do with the dreads and twisted. You would think he would want to be on off the zonkies considering the production style and the subject matter or one fifty one rum or working Whoa. out. Yeah. Desposito too. Like it's a bunch of them. He could have been on. But and- I want to stress that J.I.D. went the fuck off on his verse on off these. It, that look, that talk that in J.I.D. opens up with the talking and then rips it. J. Cole, I felt like kind of talked his way all through it. And I think that's what kind of threw me a bit. But then again, you have to know at this point, if you're listening to an orgasm review, we're not huge J. Cole fans. <laughs> so <laughs> I come in the gate going, uh, it's going to sound dusty. It don't it don't sound bad, man. But you know, it's like, not a it's not a bad song. It ain't but I'm I'm telling you, it gets skipped. <laughs> I don't skip it. I like it. I like the song. That's I, wild. Look, I, and, and you know why I get skipped? Because 151 is behind it. So 151 like, is fire, nope. though. <laughs> nope. Gotta get to 151. If your song starts off with sirens that sound like a riot is about to break out, oh, it better be fire. And when it is, it is immediately my favorite track on the album until God, I find something That better. song is so great. <laughs> and it's like, a, it's like two minutes. I know. It's one long verse, and it is amazing 151 is the song i normally play for people who've never heard jid before and then they're like oh and i'm like yeah that's right motherfucker. <laughs> i just like the way he raps on 151 151 i'm like yo this nigga is and then he actually speeds that up and there's a point in the song where you hear the kids go yay and that's when he speeds shit up i was like come on bro why is he killing his track like this and what wait is it over why is it over? Play, play a little bit of it. I can't. If I put these up on like YouTube or whatever, I can't have no. music in them. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. So for hey, people the- asking why we don't do tracks in the song in the episodes anymore, that's why. Okay. UMG is tripping, so yeah. I understand. But like, I mean, uh, he was talking about some on 151, he's really talking about some real deep shit. And if you listen to like you can go to Genius and he has a one of those little verified breakdowns. Well, he does 151 and he talks about how it was difficult to write I'm just sure due it was. to the subject matter and it, the shit he was talking about. It's not even just, it's to, for me, I feel like it's difficult on a technical level and on an emotional level because he, there's so many points where he says words that sound like it's so many, I was it's not homin, like homophone or words that could be homophones. But they're not. It's just the way that he says them and he spins it into the next sentence. I I mean, look, my favorite part in there when he, look, I'm about to just read this. He said, standing next to Lil Tay when that bullet hit him. Should I, I wish that him? bullet missed him. I wish, I wish that bullet missed him, but it didn't. And since I've been living with it like a sickness, intimate, infinite rhymes, give me the baton, a ticking time bomb, taken to the finish line. It's like, yo, that shit. And the way he spits it is, is beautiful. But then when you hear it, you hear all the pain. Like, this thing happened. I wish it didn't happen. It it stays with me. And I know that if he keeps staying with me, it's like me running with this ticking time bomb. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's like, you have to, so you get, you, it's you, not just rapping to, you know, it's not just, it's not rapidity, which is the difference yeah. between Eminem, like Eminem, that yeah, bar that he released like, a while yeah. ago, that's rapidity. But like, he opens up the song with son of a gun, son of a bitch, son of a woman and man, son of a son and a sunken abyss, summon a plan, please come with a script, come my back, cover man, please come with the blitz. Like, nigga, that's not some easy shit to write. No, man, like, and that's the great thing, like, Eminem was a perfect example of a nigga just rapping, I'm just gonna put bars because I think these are punchlines and stuff like that. And it's like, no, this is somebody who is these aren't really punchlines, but he's using the way he's writing it to say something. He's using emphasis in certain sounds and then rhyming those inside. The shit is poetry. Like, that's what it is. And you're looking at it and you're like, this is amazing. Like, he's He's too good at this. I mean, if you... One thing that I think is difficult to do if you're a new listener to J.I.D. is to actually sit your first listen through a song and try to pick up everything he's saying. Good fucking luck. Good luck. Seriously. Reading his lyrics is a chore. And it's like an enjoyable chore. But it is a fucking chore 
I, I'm just like going through this. I find it amazing when you can be deep in a song or create this very vivid imagery with a story and at the same time be a lyrical monster doing it. Most artists don't, most rappers don't have the capability to do both. You have a lot of rappers that can get on the track and sound very real and paint a vivid picture and tell a story. It's not very lyrical because they put a lot of that energy into the storytelling. GID is telling you a fucking story and at the same time putting shit together that just should not fit together. Or like Tuan was saying, the way he says it makes it sound like it was a lot of effort and work put into it. Even if you know the words to this song, it's hard to rap. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I just love he called it 151 because, like, we all remember 151 and it was straight fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't drink that shit. Like, that was the first, I remember getting that liquor and having the little safety cap on it because <laughs> they were like, Don't put by open flame. We don't want to go back in the bottle. I'm like, Why are we drinking a Molotov cocktail? This is not right. <laughs> I was about, first of all, can we clarify something? You didn't get 151. I did. You drank my 151. Oh, I, didn't about buy, I never said I bought it. Okay. You said I, I remember buy. getting it. And I'm like, getting it out of what? The freezer? Because that's, that's where I was storing it. That's where I went. That's where I went. Out the freezer. Yeah, we was trying and, to, I was trying to get it. We had that, we had that one party where that dude drunk like half a bottle of his damn self. Ugh. I don't know how that nigga was standing at the end. Or how about the party where they used my shit to mix with pina coladas? Oh, yeah. And they had them girls up in there drinking my fucking 151. They emptied out my whole bottle into the fucking blender and made pina coladas for these chicks. I ain't know these chicks, and I ain't get a pina colada. I remember you being mad about that, yeah. Oh, we thought it was for the party. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. That cheap shit y'all bought was for the party. Even though 151 wasn't expensive. Anyway, I'm I'm going off off of memories. I'm I'm getting mad again. Off the Zoinks is number six. Off them zonkies, man. Look, the crowns of glory is the sample, and it's amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, it's just an amazing, amazing, really, really amazing sample. Which is the same sample that uh, was used on uh, Three Kings with Rick Ross. Yeah. Except Crystal used it a lot better. I will say that beautiful anti-drug uh, song. Mm-hmm. It's like a. J. Cole's whole album without being so preachy. <laughs> wow. It it really is because he talks he talks a lot about like understanding. Yeah. Like understanding where it comes from, understanding why we did this, understanding that it was both something that was just done and a coping mechanism. But it's like, you know, I remember one part he said I had to tell my friends that we're not in Decatur anymore. You know what I mean? Like we have moved on to better things right so let's leave some of this stuff alone i understand if you do a little bit of this a little bit of that except you ain't gonna smoke no goddamn cigarettes <laughs> like, you can try all the other shit but you ain't gonna smoke no goddamn cigarettes don't bring no ports around me throwing them in the trash yeah next track is working out and one of one of the signature things that i hope gid continues to do across his albums and works in general is having a track that has keys in it because his voice and his flow fits perfectly over a jazzy sound. So that's what you're going to get with working out. And anytime he shout, anytime he does the mama asking where the fuck you at, because that's not the first time he has said that in a song. And he says it the same way every time. Mama call, where the fuck you at? On the road and ain't coming back. Like he says that shit all the time. But the sample they used in this, it looks like the instrumental was Helen Miro's 1954 rendition of Don't Explain. Yep, which is a cover of Billie Holiday. Yeah. Don't explain. Which would explain why on Wikipedia, they have Billie Holiday in here as one of the writers. There you go. That makes sense um, now. I literally sat here and just listened. I was like, hmm, I keep hearing this song. I was, And I literally like, I just wrote, don't explain song. <laughs> and that came with Billie Holiday. But I was like, Billie Holiday. And I started looking. I listened to it. I was like, hmm, but that's not the original. I went through four, three or four Billie Holiday versions of this song before I found this the cover. Oh my god, that was like when I was trying to find that sample on that Saha the Prince song with the old dude singing. I was like, oh my god, there are 50 oh, different versions. Oh, the guitar versions. melody joke? Yes. I was like, there are 50 million versions of this song and I finally found it. It's like, oh, oh thank god. It's, it's so satisfying when you find a sample. It's so satisfying. Yes, yes. But yeah, it's a really, real jazzy thing. And it starts off weird, too. It doesn't start off like that at all. It doesn't. Like, it flows into it, which is really good. It's transitional 
work is very good. The producer on this was 235. I'm not sure who that is, but I should continue to follow his work. Yeah. And it's a perfect, because have have it 151 and then off the zone keys, like you you needed that little cool down. Right. And and this was like at the perfect time of the album to just, okay, he didn't just spit like hot fire for the last three or four minutes now. I need my brain needs to slow down. <laughs> right. So the uh, next track is, is that Tide with three eyes? Yes, it's Tide. a lot of eyes. Tide featuring uh, Six Black and LMA. Right. Good old Six Lack. At this point, it's whatever we want to call that man. He's he's under. Yes, we, we don't care what his name is. Right. I, I want more tracks with Six Black and J.I.D. Here's the problem. I want old Six Black. Black is in Village. I know. I want old Six Black, though. I don't want this new Six Black. I want the old Six Black. Straight from the... (laughs) (laughs) I don't want this new Six Black. He's too confident. He's too rich. He sounds overproduced. All his clothes sound dry cleaned. I don't like this Six Black. I I don't know what Six... uh, Old Six Black... uh, Sounded like honestly because I didn't listen to him. So what I trap like, R and B? He's okay on this one. That's what what trap R and B should sound like? Not that uh, Bryson Tiller shit. It should sound like old Six Black. <laughs> so angry. So a nigga trapping with melodies. That's what oh, it should okay. sound like, but it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think Slack sounded all right on this on this track. It's not a bad song. It's just not. It might get skipped. It's yeah, not, it's it's not a particularly memorable one. Yeah, but. another one of the um, better BJ the Chicago Kid feature moments too on Scrawberries, which is the next song, which it says and, produced by Cole Miller and two other guys. So was sure. was Miller in his Larry Fishburne mode before he passed Wait. producing this? Well, he uh, Mac helped did some like sequencing producing. I remember him talking about that right around when Mac died. Okay. he helped out. He helped out on some of the uh, tracks, but it seemed it seemed like after, like not really produced, like it seemed like when he was putting the album together and putting the songs together, he let Mac listen to him. And Mac helped him out on some of them. What's funny is I can hear it. I, like I could hear actually Mac dropping a verse over this beat, and it would have been nice if that if that existed. Have you seen the performance of Scarberries from I think it was Fallon? No. It's like officially a single single. So, um I and I think Tide is basically set up to potentially be a single as well. That makes sense with Black and LMA on it. Exactly. So Even But Scarberry worked really well live. Um so hopefully It should be Westbrook though. I'm not saying Westbrook won't get put out as a single either, but they already had off these and one fifty one as singles before the album came out. Yeah, yeah, but Westbrook is a different type of radio monster with Ferg on it yelling. You can it too, because you know, yeah, Mo Bamba, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I like that he's got the diversity to have like a pop-ish song. I mean, Scarberries isn't really, but Tide is more of a pop song, I think. It is. Yeah, I think that's what he was going for with that, just to have that kind of, you know, you got to diversify a little bit play on some different types of radio station or, or appeal to some different type of people who might, you know, cause we all had people that we'd be like, yo, yeah, listen to this person. And they start rapping. They'd be like, I can't get all this. <laughs> right. And then they hear a song like, like they hear a song like, like tied and they'd be like, Oh, okay. And you'd be like, well, I told you that the first time when you listen to all these other ones. I mean, I like them now, but okay. It's mm-hmm. great. Next Whatever track is a, uh... Hot box and it features Method Man and Joy Badass, which is a hell of a combination. JID did say he was inspired by New York and he was definitely going for that boom bap sound. And here it is. Method Man's opening line is very 250% Method Man. It is. God, God, like it was like he heard you hear JID spit and it's dope. And you're like, man, I wonder how Method Man is going to follow up all of that fire that JID just spit. And this nigga comes in and says, light a booger up, wedgie in the butt, yep, we pulling up. And I cut the song off after that. I said, whoop, there you go. <laughs> That's all he needed to say. I I enjoy it, man, because this is kind of like the perfect song to hear. For me, this really started like the, the whole DJ drama part of it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, this is the perfect song to have DJ drama come up there. And Method Man 
method man, you know, like like Brandon said. Um uh Joey Badass kind of mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I felt about it. I forget he's on this song, and I hate to say that because Joey Badass can kill it when he wants to. I just don't. Yeah. I was I was really was looking here. forward to hearing Joey on this, and it was just kind of like, eh. You know, the thing is with Joey, Joey is in such a good place right now. He is really having fun being Joey Badass. My man is now an actor. Uh, the last album he did, he was way more positive. It was way more light on that album than it was on any of his past projects. I think he is just in such a good fucking place. And we were maybe expecting that raw 1999 Joey. And I was kind of hoping to get that, given you bringing Method Man through here, but Joey's Joey's living his life. He's he's good. So good for Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Method Man said Taraji out in line giving cookies up. I'm done. I can't. I can't. <laughs> such, oh. he's, he's such a nigga. Oh man. God, you either love Method Man or you don't, man. He's such a nigga. Also, he said, and it's it's simple lines like this. That Method Man says so effortlessly, he says they bad, but they ain't good enough. You could study that in a hip hop class. That one Method, fucking line. He has this smoothness about him, man, that's that works. It's always worked with Method Man. So. Which makes me beg question, why have we yet to get a classic Method Man album? <laughs> why? We do have a uh, blackout. Method Man and Red Man, sir. Yep, exactly. It's okay. called Black Eye. No, don't do that. I mean, that's a duo. It's a great duo. But I'm talking about just one full classic meth album. Redman got two two and a possible classics. On his oh, album. he got three classics. Blackout, uh, 36 Chambers, and Wu-Tang Forever. See what, you, see what you're doing here? This is not a classic Method Man album. All these, none of these albums have just Method Man on the cover. You don't know that. Everybody on uh, 36 Chambers got masks on. They could all be Method Man superimposed. And different heights? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's Method Man, scoot you down a little bit. We need you. We need to make you look shorter. So you don't Photoshop look the same. with a razor blade. Photoshop in 1993? Yeah. <laughs> 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 a razor blade. You got to take 15 photos and then crop them all together with a... What the oh. fuck? <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I do. <laughs> not doing this. Nineteen ninety three on one megabyte of RAM. We're not doing this. <laughs> oh, that was that was four or five of this right there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. So the next track. Where are we at? The next track is mounted up. Conspiracy <laughs> theory is Method Man is the only one on the cover of Thirty Six Chambers. <laughs> At that point, you have to ask so many questions. When it's just Method Man and he used Photoshop, and only one megabyte of RAM was available for every computer at the time, <laughs> it was a joint concession of of memory. And, like, bro, yeah, mounted up, mounted up. Who is Hollywood JB? Because I've, I've never heard of the man. He's also in Village Village. Yeah, I ain't never heard of him myself, man. I knew that he was in Spillage Village, which is why I recognize the name. But other than that, that's all I got. How do y'all feel about the beat for this one? It's. Let me see. Because who produced this one? Hollywood, JB, and Christo. Uh, I think it would be whack if somebody who isn't capable of flowing like JD, JID was on top of it. Because the way he does his flow to like bounce around the. Is really, really interesting. I think that's the main reason I like it is because JID will jump in and out of time with it and like put words before the like he'll rhyme on the bounce bounce and he'll rhyme like in the gaps between the bounce bounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that makes it dope. I have to agree. I mean, that's exactly how I feel. It's it's a nice little almost almost stripped down beat for for JID to play with. Yes. Like I can, I can go faster. I can go slower, and the beat's just gonna stay here and and do what it do. We don't need to do anything else. So if so, let's say one fifty one rum, not one fifty one rum. Let's say uh, I want to make sure I want to make sure I'm getting the right beat here. I believe it is one fifty one rum. That yeah, yeah. So let's say one fifty one rum is his. Mm, Nightmare on Fig Street. 
if Rome 51 rum is his nightmare on Fig Street for me, Desposito is his Raymond 1969. And I kind of wish these tracks had played one after the other. Because they both have that dark and ominous feel to them outside of the fact that one for the run, he just proved all his worth on it. He still comes back later on the album with Desposito and returns the form and does it again over this beat, which is one of my favorites on the project. Oh, you, uh, you skipped I just, did the other just, day. Day, just the other day. It's because I, I wanted to Amazing. get Desposito so fast. Yeah, just the other day knocks, though. <laughs> It really knocks. Right it down. does. You and I the love the hook. Your car. That shit knocks. I love I just love the hook for that shit. I love the the chill ass swinging hook on it. Yeah. It's lullaby. It has that fucking Ed Ed and Eddie lullaby feel to it. He's gotta have one of those, but it's a dark ass lullaby. Like don't sing your baby to sleep with this shit. It'll come just out it. sound like child's play. Baby start crying. <laughs> I don't know if the baby start rocking with you. You might have a you might have a zodiac killer on your hands. You need no. Like that that beat is nothing but a bunt. It's like a kick and a snare, and then nothing but eight oh eight drums, <laughs> multiple ones that he just plays like they're trap hi hats, <laughs> and I love it. Man, I just want to see this live. I want to see him do this. I want when I want to hear it performed live. In a concert setting, and two, I want to see like the audience response to this track, just in general. Everybody is gonna be rocking and singing along to this shit. It's just one of those tracks that you have to have for live performance purposes. And he's, you know, he's talking about some deep shit on this one too. Like he really talks about some stuff and. He's one of one, he's one of the rappers that, because of just the the lyrical gymnastics he does, mm-hmm. that you can just sometimes you you can fall into just listening to that, just the way he raps, <laughs> and I and I do that sometimes, and then you then you sit back and you hear what he's saying, and you're like, oh my god, like it's just layers to this shit. Exactly, flow versatility is probably his greatest strength. Like and. Never mind, like he picks great beats and he has great wordplay, but just the fact that the way he flows over the song can disguise what he's talking about to make it have those extra layers is really, really, really uh, unique. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people, they just sound like themselves all the time. Like they have a certain way they sound and that's just every song is going to sound like that. But he can do his, like the way he jumps on a track can put you in a, like, oh, this is like, super turned up and we just like having fun and then you go back and listen to it and it's like way deeper than that or like this sounds depressing but if you actually listen to the lyrics he's not talking about that like i don't know it's just the that versatility is is a thing that a lot of rappers don't have and he definitely does have that yeah he he gives a fuck about his pen game and his performance of it his presentation is very important to him and the charisma part is important and i appreciate that energy because we don't get a lot of that from rappers. A lot of rappers can't just get up there and just walk it out through a whole album. And you're like, I enjoy it. It's dope. But like, what is his next album going to sound like? This. It's not going to. It's like Future. Future is not going to change what the fuck Future is doing. He's always going to sound like Future. So if his beats are whack on an album, guess what? That's a whack Future album. Yeah. If his beats are dope, guess what? It's a dope Future album because the beats are dope. You need to fit. You have to fit your beats to future. Future is not going to fit himself to your beats. And JID is the opposite of that. You can fit a beat to JID, but JID will go out of his way to work that beat. So it's a lot of artists can't do that. Um, the next track is Desposito, uh, two back again. So Desposito again. And there's a part in here where he said, uh, he said took us. Took a stop at the light, made a right on Humble Street. Guess I've been buzzing like a motherfucking bumblebee. And I was like, that sounds so Mac Miller influenced. That's it. does now that you mention it. I never thought about that. Yeah. Like it, immediately I was like, God, that is Mac Miller influenced. I guarantee you he was in the studio when he, he was spitting this shit. Because I actually just looked it up to see if he was paying homage, like if it originally was a Mac Miller bar. 
that he kind of threw in here. But yeah, this is uh, definitely one of my favorite songs on the album. D.I.D. is rapped about bumblebees more than twice, at least. Yes. Which is neither here nor there. It's just something I've noticed that is interesting. Like how Earl Sweatshirt always says the word aqueducts to make rhymes connect. (laughs) I mean, like I said, I'm not mad at it. It's just a thing that I noticed that is interesting. Yeah. And uh, the last track is Hasta Luego, which is produced by Wonder Girl. Shout out to her. She's still doing great things out here. That's not on my fucking album for some reason. It's a bonus track. Oh, well, I mean, I've heard it a billion times. I listened to it on repeat when it first came out because that was also a single before the album came out. Hasta Luego was actually the first one I heard from this because I I think this was up on Spotify early. Hasta Luego is amazing. Yes, it is. I did not know that Wonder Girl did this beat. She did. She's low-key done a lot of good beats, either producing herself or producing in tandem with somebody else over the past year. You like really just have to go flying check the radar. Yeah. yeah. She's making money, dog. She's good. Like, she, Oh, yeah. 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 She, she produced. She did. How many? It looks like she did one, two, three, four tracks in 2018. Four. She's eating just fine. God, she yeah. did. She really did do Braille for Obsol. If I didn't hate that album, because <laughs> oh, that song is so good and it's got Boz on it too. Like it's so good. But if I didn't hate that album, she did. So other, I think it was um, Genius has a um, like a jump where they have producers break down songs, and she was breaking down one of the songs she did for. Um, uh, I, th- I think it was Big Sean. But it was it was this real thing of her doing it like like she it, it almost sounded like she didn't really like the beat, but they liked it and she was like, "All right, cool, if y'all like it, y'all you know you gonna pay me for it, it's fine." But it's like like I still wanted to mess no with favors. it, no favors, other stuff. It must have been no favors, but for sure. I no, think, I think I, it was no favors featuring Eminem. Yeah, right. Yeah, but like if you if you go and watch that video, like she doesn't really seem enthused about that beat at all. You know, that was her or the beat that was the reason for the enthusi- like lack of enthusiasm. Because she's, I thought it's the same thing. She seemed very blasé, but I didn't know if that's just her personality or if she was like, I don't really fuck with this beat, but they cut me a big old check, so cool. Because yeah. she said at one point, like, it wasn't finished or she didn't like where it was at. <laughs> you know, but, and I and I feel like a lot of producers have stuff like that, but, you know, if if the song becomes great or people really like it, they're not going to say that, but like I've seen producers be like, yeah, I mean, I would have done this and done that, but hey, maybe it's better that I didn't do that. I was about to say, can you imagine how often our like producers have been paid huge sums of money for beats that they were going to fucking delete? They're like, oh, yeah. this beat is trash. And then somebody's like, I'll give you $25,000 for it. You're like, wait, huh? At all. Go. It's great. Here you go. Here you go. Uh, uh, tend to hate their own work anyway, so mm-hmm. a yeah. lot of Shit is garbage, and then somebody hears it like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, uh, I hope when JID wins a Grammy in the future, because it's in his future, they give him a Grammy that looks like him, just like the cover of here. You know that's supposed to be an Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> give him a JID Grammy. It's not like they can't get a specialty made by the same company that makes all the Grammys. It's just I made a real gold, so I'm probably not. Other than that, um, anything else going on with this project? Because we just went through all the tracks. Uh, this isn't about the project, but did you know that you have to pay to get your Emmy if you win one? Like, to physically get the statue? I'm not surprised. That shit is whack. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, the project is dope. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it is. It definitely like, is. Just go and listen and, and understand that GID is a treasure, and if you if this is your first time hearing GID, then go listen to the Never album, and really really enjoy that also. Just listen to GID, and then hopefully we get some, I mean maybe some more Spillage Village, we get some more Earth Gang because God J Cole got so much talent on his roster. How about this? Omen is working <laughs> on a project. Oh, I just saw that on Instagram the other day. Like Ari Lennox was like, she just left the studio with Omen, and his project is almost finished. I was like, hold. I was questioning if, if Omen was still there. 
So yeah, he's in he's in Isaiah Rashad land. It seems for Dreamville, and he's he's got a project coming. I feel like a lot of their projects coming out lately are because JID came with that energy. I feel like he walked into Dreamville studio and started slapping niggas on the back. Like, yo, come on, let's do a project, bro. Let's do your project, bro. Get your project going, bro. Let's do this, bro. And now everybody got something coming out. Because Boz's project came out last year, too. And it was solid. Yeah. Kaz and Boz. Yeah, Kaz came out. Boz came out. um, Earth Gang. Had their project last year. With a project, yeah. It was a productive year for 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 Dreamville. Mm-hmm. J Cole's Roots came out. Everything came out last year. It's good. I'm telling you, man. Go just just go watch the 21 Savage video. I'm not going to watch this shit. And be like, dude, there's a lot of people. That- uh, you watch it because he has another verse that's not on the album in that video. No. Yeah, the what? verse that's that verse that's on the um. The CDs and stuff. Remember, you couldn't get J J Cole's junk in time or something like that. Extra Cole verses is not a reason for me to go watch something. No, no, no. Extra, extra Twenty One Savage verses. But Cole's still there, right? I mean, yeah. But like, laugh at his hair while he's doing it. I can't. And then just do that. Twenty One Second Verse, which is actually really good. All right, I'll check it out. See what's good. Y'all should too. Everybody, go check that out. And while you're checking that out, make sure you Spotify or Apple Music. JID's DiCaprio too. And while you're at it, go ahead and let that radio play after the album ends and hopefully it'll start playing something for the never story like it did for me it just jumped right into ed ed and eddie and i was like damn that did new it just spotify gets me good choice spotify gets me so shout out to everybody who supports where's my 40 acres podcast this has been an eargasm review jid sophomore album dicaprio 2 and let us know what you thought of the album man did you, do you think it's dope do you think it's not dope do you agree with cook that he sounds Sounds like like a. What did she say? Sounds like a stud. That is what she said. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. 